Welcome to the Parent Matters Podcast, where we equip moms, dads, and caregivers to connect and confidently parent their children. Parenting doesn't come with a how-to manual, so we're here to help you navigate the ever-changing landscape of parenting. I'm your host, Susan Stutzman, a licensed clinical professional counselor, child therapist, early childhood development educator, and owner of Kid Matters Counseling. Today is the first in a multi-part series on supporting a child with an ADHD diagnosis. Today, we're focusing specifically on the cultivating of healthy relationships at home. And to help me do that is a child therapist who works here at Kid Matters Counseling, John Case. Hello. Hi, welcome to the show. John, I know, you know, we know this, but I want to just share for our audience um, and those who are listening that you're a licensed clinical social worker here in Illinois, and you're a child therapist with a lot of experience. And there's so much that you could share with us. Um, But just tell us a little bit um, before we jump into how to cultivate healthy relationships at home with an ADHD child. Um, Tell us a little bit about your experience and what drew you to the field of social work and how you have worked Mm -hmm. for many years with kiddos, um, specifically helping kids and families navigate the challenges of an ADHD diagnosis. Thanks, Susan. Um, Yeah, I've always worked with kids. Um, And my parents brought me up to believe that Helping other people was the best thing you could do with yourself. Mm. And it's a gift that gives back. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing with my life. And I've been able to privilege to work with families and kids my entire life mm-hmm. uh, as a social worker in um, clinical mental health setting, in schools, in hospitals, and even in um, foster care and adoptions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's not just the experience, it's also. Um, I think trial and error, Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. seeing how different interventions and strategies um, impact a child and what the result is. Every child with ADHD is different, Mm. and what may work with one may not work with another. Yeah, yeah, that is so true. Oh, well, I'm excited um, to talk about this with you today. I know you have some areas of focus that you would like to talk about that in your mind bring about really um, key ways to help children with ADHD navigate Mm -hmm. um, the relational skills and work at home. So why don't you just start us off? Right. Well, one of the most important things is communication. Mm -hmm. And um, of course, some of the hallmarks of ADHD in kids is that they're very distracted and they can be ultra focused on especially preferred activities like gaming. Mm. And for instance, you may be wanting to stop the game. They need to get off. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's get ready for supper. Maybe it's time to leave for school or some other activity. Um, and these can be 
the little moments that build up to a very frustrating household. Mm, yes. <laughs> um, getting them to comply mm -hmm. with those transitions. So how do you how do you help them comply through good communication skills? Like what would you say are those good yes. communication skills? Um, so the first thing you want to do is make sure that they're hearing you when you talk to them. And to do that, um, establishing eye contact, make sure that they're not looking at the screen, that mm. they're looking at your eyes. Mm -hmm. um, keep it very simple and clear. Uh, make a one-step direction. Don't do two or three. And to ensure uh, that they understand what you've asked, um, have them repeat it to you. Mm. Yeah. No, I think I think that's really key, even for communicating um, with kiddos that don't have an ADHD diagnosis, but specifically, I love, I love what you said. I, I try and do this at home with my kids too. make sure that they see me so that I know that they can hear me because even though I'm talking, we don't always hear all different types of things. And especially when you have so much input and it's hard to decipher, um, what to listen to when you have distractibility, such as with an ADHD diagnosis. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's sometimes a child, they hear, but they don't hear. Yeah, I think this, the field of neuroscience teaches us that where the eyes are looking, the brain is thinking. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have that eye contact, that direct gaze, you're missing a big part of their attention. Yeah. That's really helpful. And I know it helps to structure things. You mentioned that um, one of another component of helping mm -hmm. nurture these relationships or cultivate these relationships with health at home is a key component um, that you mentioned to me prior to talking on air um, was structure. And I wonder if communication and structure kind of go hand in hand. Yes, absolutely. Um, so, um, to make a general generalization, uh, kids with ADHD need even more structure than others. Mm. Um, they, Why is that? They may have a hard time recalling okay. or their impulses sometimes override um, what really is going to happen because they want to do things very strongly in the moment. Yeah. And sometimes it's so disappointing they can't give it up. Mm. Um, but by having a regular, predictable, daily structure where things happen at the same time, they grow accustomed and are more, more successful um, with getting through all the daily routines that are important to be productive and successful. Mm. Yeah. So like in my home, one of the things that I find myself doing for my kids is to create a calendar so that they know, okay, on Mondays we do this, on Tuesdays we do this. So it's repeatable. Right. And, um, and it's familiar and it helps them to kind of get into a routine. And, and even if we have surprises or new things, um, that is not, going to jolt them too much, it's going to be a change, but they know, okay, but then we go back to this. Or if something changes, it doesn't mean that Tuesday is going to be different, even right. if Monday was different. Yeah, no, that's an excellent tool to use, Susan. Um, and having strong visuals um, really locks in um, some events and makes them 
um, more present for the child's attention. Mm -hmm. And um, having the child even participate in developing that visual schedule or sometimes giving them control to the extent possible over, hey, you, you know, you we're going to give you 90 minutes on your game. You know, we could divide it up here and here. Here's some options and let them decide. And um, generally, kids that have mo more ownership over the development of that schedule are going to also be more cooperative mm. than with adhering to it. So having clear expectations about what the child is responsible for in a day, in addition to the fun things that they can plan and have mm. choice over, um, and intermingling them in a schedule that where the parent and the child are working together as a team um, can be very powerful in gaining motivation to do things and cooperation. I like that. Yeah, I think that that's really helpful. And as you were thinking, or as you were speaking that, I was thinking about specifically how structure doesn't mean that it's always scheduled to the moment, but that it's, we're, this is what we're doing during the day. But like you can split up your gaming time or you can have it all in one chunk, right? So there can be choices within the structure. Um, it doesn't mean that they don't have choices, but that there is a predictability about what's going to happen in life and so that you can communicate clearly and kids know what's expected and what the expectation is. Sure. So when a kid doesn't do that, let's talk about discipline. Yes, that's a big topic. It's a very big topic. And perhaps we may do another whole segment just on discipline but there's a lot of material when i think of the word discipline now after having been educated as an adult i really think of like a training or a teaching versus a punishment and i'm curious um what you have to say about how to help children and provide discipline even when um it may be challenging sure. because do we discipline or is it there? Is it that they're just impulsive and they can't control it? And so it's not that they're being naughty. It's just who they are. Tell us a little bit about how you navigate this, what your thoughts are. Absolutely. Um, so first of all, I love that you um, framed it in a very positive way because discipline does mean teach in the Greek root. And um, so how best can we teach kids? And starting by the positive. Um so kids need abundant praise and recognition for when they do things well. Mm -hmm. And so by having clear expectations and noticing, and, you know, we all know about the phrase catching them be good. Um, yeah, catching them being good. Right, right. It's very powerful. Mm -hmm. And the kids will want to emulate or repeat that experience of both getting positive recognition Feeling the pride also about mm -hmm. having done something well. Mm -hmm. And um, and then that gives them more confidence to know that they can get their needs met through adhering to those expectations, too. Um, so the positive approach is very important. Um, I find as a parent myself that catching my children being good or praising them or finding the good is really a way to cultivate in them 
um, increased um, wanted behavior. Mm-hmm. So it, it, you know, I know sometimes as a before I became a parent, um, I was always like, "Is that real? You know, like, do you, is that?" spoiling or is that too much or is there too much that you can say about you know making your child feel like they're the best but as as I've journeyed through parenthood and am still journeying and you too um you know I I I'm curious if you would agree with me that 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 oftentimes is a curb for bad behavior or negative behavior or or some behaviors that we don't want in our home because we don't value them. Right. Um, so often discipline is thought of as consequences. Mm, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. a lot, usually we think of consequences as negative, but what you're describing is a positive consequence. Mm-hmm. And so that reinforces what you're looking for and does create a curve for positive behavior, like you're saying. Yeah. But I know that children aren't always at their best and it is um, really important too that parents cultivate and teach what is expected and and also provide consequences for yeah let's talk a little bit about that yeah um so first of all there's no denying uh, (laughs) that kids with adhd are extremely challenging Mm, Um, yes that is true they need more prompts and reminders uh, because they struggle with sustained attention, um, with adhering to a task, with following through, with organization, all of the things that make things operate at school or at home successfully. So let's think about all the messages that they've cumulatively received in a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be overwhelming the amount of negative feedback that they could be receiving. You know, they're not on time. They're being nagged, you know, get this done. You forgot uh, reminding, your homework. Yeah. Exactly, reminding things that they forgot about. Stop shaking your leg, all those Absolutely. things. Um, so it's important that we prioritize a little bit about the main things. We might have to let go of some things. For example, I talked with a parent last week and this has actually come up more than once where I can't get them to wear long pants they want to wear shorts in the winter Mm. now you could have a big power struggle over that but at the end of the day is that the thing to die on Mm. or is it something bigger so let's talk about discipline and the ways in which you can um, do that in a positive way and still um, create clear and concise communication in a home. Tell us a, tell us a little bit about um, what you think of discipline and how you share with parents the way in which to um, help a child through discipline. Right. And so, again, when we think of discipline, we're trying to teach the child. Mm-hmm. Um, so two powerful ways, and especially as we weave in consequences, are one, you have to be developmentally appropriate. Mm-hmm. Um, so telling a child that, um, you know, tonight they won't get a snack if they don't get ready for school on time is not going to be very powerful because it's so far in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas, um, 
something more immediate is going to garner more attention. So kind of like a cause and effect or something has to be tied to the situation for it to be for it to be more effective. So timeliness is important. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition, um, the more logical, as you brought up, um, that the consequence has to the behavior, um, the more meaningful it will be. Now, the most powerful consequences are called natural consequences. And those are a thing that we don't do anything about as a parent. You know, if you don't take care of your toys, if you don't put them away, they could get lost. And then you can't find them. Whose responsibility is that? Mm-hmm. You didn't hide them. Your child, if they if it was important to them, they will figure out through trial and error that, wow, when I put them away in that box, I can find them the next day. Mm-hmm. And so that's very powerful. Yeah. If you leave your bike out on the front lawn and it gets stolen. Yes, that happened. Our our my child this summer, they were uh playing with scooters and they left it at the neighbors and um we're not exactly sure what happened. If it was uh the neighbor had returned it and it was on the edge of the curb, you know, for the kids. Um that's normally where we put neighborhood uh-huh. um paraphernalia, I want to say, because there's so many um, different types of things, ride-on toys, right, or um, or even bikes, sure. and uh, we couldn't gone. find it, and it was gone, right, yeah. and, um, and it was a natural consequence, and it was really sad, because my other two kids hadn't lost their scooter, and so um, one of my children was scooterless, right, and um, we had a really powerful conversation about how it's so hard when things like that happen. It wasn't intentional. Um, we don't know where it went, um, you know, but it was taken. And so it's how important it is to be able to, um, to show your children through allowing natural consequences instead of just going out and actually rectifying every time um, the the problem or the issue, right? Like, yeah, I think what you're talking about, Susan, is that um, parents can sometimes get in the way of learning that valuable lesson because we tap into that sadness that they feel about having lost that item and maybe in the middle of the night we replace it or mm, we put mm-hmm. it back in yeah. the right thing. Yeah. And how how can they learn that? Yeah, and it's not and 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 I would argue it's not bad as a parent to want to do that, right? To love your children to be sure. like I don't want them to experience pain or I don't want them to experience um, the fear of thinking that someone's going to steal or take your stuff if you know at any time. But there's also there's also a flip side to that too, right? Of being careful not to over um over protect your children so that they never experience the sadness or natural consequences right because then in when you're trying to work and cultivate healthy relationships at home there may be unrealistic expectations that nothing ever gets lost or that mom always is cleaning up or dad you know th- makes sure that nothing ever um, gets lost or stolen or broken or those types of things. Think about your youngest having a bowl of cereal at the table and it spills onto the floor. 
Now, it's a whole lot easier if you clean it up. It's mm -hmm. efficient. You're not going to make a bigger mess. But by having him participate in cleaning it up together, yeah. mm -hmm. he learns there's a cause and an effect, and there's something that he has to do to restore things back yeah. to the way they should be. Yeah, and it, and it involves them, and it helps them to... Um, also cultivate a healthy relationship with cause and effect, right? Exactly. Because if you're, if something, if you hurt your friend's feelings, you can't just, you know, <clears throat> ignore it, right? They're or you will lose the friendship or something else will happen, right? Um, so teaching them, okay, so if you do this, this might happen. How can we rectify it or how right. can we work with it and um, cultivate healthy relationships? Yeah, so these are the building blocks of establishing responsibility. Too. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I know sometimes, uh, sometimes in my mind, the initially uh, the word punishment kind of can feel simultaneous with mm -hmm. discipline, but I love how you've talked about this and, and spun um, just a little bit more hope, even in my mind of, oh yes, discipline can be teaching. It can be brought about by natural consequences. It can be logical. It doesn't have to be um, just like a punishment or, you know, a very hard and fast, even if it's structured. It doesn't right. have to. It doesn't have to look like maybe something that isn't healthy that we've grown up with or saw or um, or have decided to change. Yeah, with the with the older child, where they're more capable of abstract thinking, um, sometimes you run out of ideas about like what's a logical consequence for um, doing some of the things that kids do, and uh, so then. That's for punishment or, you know, maybe something that's not exactly um, tied exactly to that incident occurs, like like um, removing their phone or something mm -hmm. like that. But, it, but again, you can still be creative and, and if they haven't responded or been responsible with coming in on time, then maybe phone, you could argue is connected because you know you were looking at your phone and you didn't use it to as a to, as the tool that it should have been to get you where you needed to be so mm -hmm. sometimes you can have to be creative and stretch things a little bit yeah but. yeah and and also you know another thing that i'm thinking of is just how how do how do we teach those skills and um and discipline or cultivate a positive and healthy discipline in our child while also helping them um, cultivate a positive self-esteem so that we're not um, pulling them down. Sure. Oh, that's absolutely essential. Um, and so, again, with ADHD kids, there can be so much um, angst and drama and yeah. repeating um, rules and and uh, discipline scenarios throughout the day that it's important to maintain a nurturing, direct, one-on-one -on -one attention um, daily with your child uh, to make sure that this is in place. Um, by having a nurturing time together that's predictable for the child and for the parent, um, it can restore and um, heal you know, some of the 
insults to the relationship that occur over the day. Um, it's important to have strong boundaries around um, the, the care and relationship of your child from all the disciplinary s scenarios that might have superseded uh, this time or gone before. Yeah, because um, relationships are multifaceted and there's so many components and it can be really tricky um, to, if your child struggles with self-esteem, to think, Am I, if I discipline them, will I crush their spirit? Um, if I'm if I'm structuring things, is that going to cause irreversible damage or, or pain or, or trauma or something? And I really like what you're saying about um, self-esteem and, and these connections each day. I know in my, my own world, one of the things that I find that can be really healthy, even if you don't have 20 minutes, 30 minutes, however, you know, a big chunk of time, even like the moments of, uh, there can be moments of meeting um, where I have um, engagement with my child and we're actually looking at each other, right? In those um, structured communication times. And I'm smiling, I'm noticing them instead of trying to multitask and have a conversation Absolutely. with them um, while I'm preparing dinner or I'm on my phone. When I leave and when I come back um, to the house, making sure that I say hello, giving them a kiss or a hug, um, both times can be a really helpful way to meet and to have these healthy interactions, even if they're small mm -hmm. or short, right? But then they're also structured and they're predictable and they're consistent. And it gives them a sense of mom sees me, I'm worthy, mm -hmm. I'm loved, even if she has to discipline me or even if there is there are consequences that I don't like. Right. And I think that's an important reminder, Susan, because um, especially during these times with COVID and um, social distancing and quarantining where the family's all together all the time. Um, it's sort of um, counter to intuitive, but a lot of times we're not getting that quality time because everyone's all together and you think, oh, yeah, we've been together all day. Mm -hmm. We don't need to carve out any extra time. Mm -hmm. um, but when you, if you were to analyze it, sometimes there hasn't been that nurturing calm, connective time mm -hmm. that you can spend with your child. Yeah. I Yes. I, I totally agree with you. Okay. Before we go, um, I want to talk a little bit um, lastly about um, parent and their own needs as a parent of an ADHD child. Um, but first we're going to take a sponsor break. So today's podcast is sponsored by the five-day parenting challenge. It's a free five-day challenge to help you make meaningful connections with your kiddos in five minutes or less. Just go to kidmatterscounseling.com backslash challenge to sign up. Okay. So John, we've talked about areas of focus in cultivating healthy relationships with kids with that ADHD diagnosis, specifically at home. And we've talked about healthy communication styles. So simple one-step mm -hmm. commands with eye contact that's repeatable. We've talked about structure um, and keeping consistent structure in the home, having something easy to follow and easy to replicate. We've talked about discipline. We've talked about a lot about discipline, um, about how that looks like teaching and 
it being easy to try to have it so that it's easy to follow and easy to replicate. Um, but that is, that builds positive reinforcement, right? So those are all tied together. And then also how do we help with logical consequences and natural consequences and the building of self-esteem? And those have been so enlightening, but here's a big question. Oh yeah. I'm a parent, right? You're a parent. How do we keep our cup full or filled enough to be able to keep um, doing this with our children to um, focus, to help cultivate these healthy relationships when we are dealing with so much or we might feel spent. Tell, tell me about not only, parent support. Yes. And not only do you feel spent, but sometimes you might not like what you see in the mirror. You feel like I'm such a nag or am I a terrible person? I raise my voice or mm -hmm. I keep nagging. I found myself saying this. I can't believe it. Yeah. Like I know the right things to do, but right. I just, I like, I'm so I'm right. spent. But, I can't get it out. Right. But the degree of difficulty with parenting a child with ADHD can be so high. It puts incredible stress on us yeah. and our skills and our relationship and our way that we think about ourselves. So this is a normative reaction to have. Mm, and mm. so I think what you're inferring is, yes, we need to be very kind and mindful of ourselves. And um, we need to have other ways that we support ourselves. Um, so tell me, tell me just a few that you um, would recommend. What are some things that parents can do to support themselves? Well, just as we talked about structure for the kids, you need a structure where you can um, rely on, you know, knowing when the next time you have available that you're going to be seeing a friend or talking with someone or um, being able to read a book or go for a walk or for a run or a bike ride or just have some alone time is essential mm -hmm. because otherwise hopelessness can creep in and um, and then your whole mindset is going to get more negative and toxic. Um, so obviously there's some mindfulness kinds of exercises mm -hmm. um, that I think you had another podcast about um, and um, other strategies that can help in the moment, reduce stress, mm -hmm. but also having some activities that you haven't given up just because you're in a challenging place as a family and a, as a parent um, is important. Yeah. And I, and I just want to add too that I love that you're mentioning this and having something to anticipate or the structure of knowing. Um, I know for myself, um, I, work full-time, but I'm also at home. Um, and I have, I don't have to go into the office every single day. And that is really, that's really nice, but it's also can be really challenging mm -hmm. too, because there will be moments where I'm structuring for my children. They're in, they're in school and I'm doing work and then they're home and I'm with them. And the, 
the day can stretch on forever when on those days that I may need to be at home the entire day versus um, at mm-hmm. at my place of work. And so I I've found like having a four o'clock tea time or a um, five o'clock dinner date with my husband, or um, even if I just have a babysitter come for two hours and we get takeout and eat it, you know, in the car, <laughs> there's something about actually getting out and taking a breath, right? Versus, um, okay, when the kids go to bed, I'm going to binge for an hour on Netflix. Like, that, and I'm not saying that that's wrong at all because I do that too. But sometimes having um, something tangible where you can be in relationship, like you mentioned, you know, having coffee with a friend or going on a walk, mm-hmm. um, it can be a really powerful way to promote self-care and parental support. Right. And another thing that's real important is um, to be very realistic about your time. And not set goals that are way too ambitious um, for yourself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like I, decorating I, the house and parenting young kids and having a job. You know. Yes, yes. Like, yes. And making cookies and bringing yeah. them to the neighbors and caroling. Yeah. So oh, you yes. have young kids. I do. And, you know, one of the things that helps me is to, is and I don't do this often enough, but I will say um, one of the things that I constantly am thinking about is building in margin. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think that that's where we as parents can get a real short fuse. And then we also expect from our children, you know, to be on time, that we're on time, that everything, bam, 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 it has to be just the way. But there might be a train, you know, that's and then right. it'll make us late. Or, um, you know, like you mentioned, like the cereal might spill, right? And so if we have the time, then we can cultivate um, healthy communication and healthy discipline, right? Teaching them, okay, a natural consequence versus like, well, we'll deal with this later and you, you're going to lose your snack tonight because there's no time to, in, right. for eight hours to discipline them. Right. Right. And, and you and, become very stressed once mm-hmm. you set a schedule um, or an agenda for yourself yeah. because you know I'm behind. Yeah, and, and so then, leaving spaces for time or yeah. margin are really are really helpful. And that's, then you don't have good. yeah, and then you can have more of what you want in those marginous times. That's yeah, great. I think that's a great idea. Awesome. Well, that's my New Year's resolution. Um, <laughs> build in more margin. Well, John, tell me, um, how can people get in touch with you? Or any resources that you might recommend? Um, sure. Um, about this topic, if yeah, people have more questions. Absolutely. Um, so Chad C H A D D is um, a, an excellent um, national organization mm-hmm. um, with resources about ADHD. In addition, on their website, chad.com. Yeah. Com, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they um, also there's a link, and you can find support groups in your local area. Yeah, that's really essential, I feel like. Having other parents that have walked this journey, they may not understand fully what you're going through, but they can be a support and a listening ear because they have had similar experiences. I know we also have on our website um, an ADHD um, page with some resources as well, um, with links to other places like Chad as well. 
Um, but yeah, I really love that Chad has those, um, not only parental supports, but also um, ability to find support groups in anyone's area. So wherever you're listening, uh, check that out. chadd.com. Well, John, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an enlightening conversation and I've gleaned so much from you and I know our listeners will as well when they get to hear this. So thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today. Thank you, Susan. All right, folks. Well, thanks for listening. And if you found this conversation useful, subscribe to the podcast and please join me next time for the Parent Matters podcast. And remember, don't parent alone.